How many of you here enjoy uh, building projects, working with your hands, building a house, building a building? How many of you like to do that? Let me see. All right, several of you. Okay, yep. Um, Pastor Scott uh, did a lot of building of his house, and we were talking recently, and he said, you know, I think I've got the itch to do it again. And uh, so look out, Sandy, right? I don't know. Um, I have by no means any level of uh, expertise in that kind of thing, okay? But what I do know is that the most important factor in any building project is the foundation. Right, Dr. Parvin? You've got to get that right. If you don't, nothing else matters. I mean, it doesn't matter how nice the rest of it might be. No matter what you do with it, it doesn't matter if it's a house, an outbuilding, a garage, a skyscraper, it doesn't matter. The foundation is crucial. You get that wrong, the rest of the thing is wrong. You get it right, it doesn't matter what may affect the rest of the building throughout the years. If the foundation is solid and secure, then you can really work with the rest of the minor issues and problems as they come up. But the foundation is absolutely crucial that it's solid that it's in the right place, that it's on the right footing. Jesus understood how important that was, and he knew that his listeners would understand and agree with that, with the importance of a solid foundation. And so he took that concept and he applied it to the principle of a spiritual foundation. He applied that to the importance of making sure that all of us have a solid spiritual foundation, that we're building our lives on the right kind of foundation, the foundation that will last. In Matthew chapter 7, verses 24 through 27, uh, we, we read a pretty familiar example that Jesus gave about two foundations, two builders, two houses. Matthew 7, 24 through 27, Jesus says this, Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and acts on them, that's, that's key, not just hears them but acts on them. James talks about the importance of being doers of the word and not hearers only. That's really what Jesus is saying here. Everyone who hears these words of mine and acts on them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain fell. The rivers rose, and the winds blew and pounded that house, kind of like people are experiencing in the Texas area, you know, with the hurricane. Yet, it did not collapse. Why? Because its foundation was on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and doesn't act on them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rain fell, the rivers rose, the winds blew and pounded that house, and it collapsed. It collapsed with a great crash. It's all about the foundation. All about the foundation. And what Jesus shows us here very clearly is that he is the only foundation that will always be secure that will always be solid, that will be permanently intact no matter what happens. There's no other source of a foundation that we can look to or find in life that will provide a permanent 
sense of security or stability. It's only in Jesus. He's it. He's it. And the truth of his word acts as a sure foundation along with he himself. It's him. It's only him. Would you pray with me? Lord Jesus, we thank you for your word and we thank you for the example in it of of such a clear contrast. We either look to you and we listen to your word and apply it and by doing so have a sure and a secure foundation in our lives that will stand no matter what or we look to other things, we try other foundations, we neglect your word and we will find inevitably that all that we're building will come to a crash, will come falling down, cascading down around us because only in you, Jesus, is there security and stability. Lord Jesus, I pray that if there's anyone here that has not accepted that truth for themselves, who has not built their life on you and in you, that today would be the day that by your Spirit they would see the error that they have been choosing and pursuing and that they would turn from that and that they would start today to build on the foundation of truth, the foundation of life, the foundation of hope, the foundation of you, Lord Jesus. For those of us who have already done that and we have come to you, the chief cornerstone, oh Lord Jesus, may you remind us today of how important it is to make sure that our foundation has not shifted and that we are still very much anchored exclusively to you. We pray all this in your name. Amen. Well, just as it's smart to check the physical foundation of a building from time to time, make sure there's no erosion, there's no cracks in it, make sure it hasn't shifted at all, it's also incredibly important from time to time to take an inventory, a self-evaluation, to determine where is our spiritual foundation? Is it still where it needs to be? Is it on what it needs to be? Are we building our lives on the only foundation that is secure, the foundation that matters, that of the Lord Jesus Christ? And just as we can determine for ourselves and our own lives that, that the only thing that's going to matter is Jesus and the only way we're going to have the life that we need to have and that we all want to have, a life of flourishing and a thriving Just as we do that ourselves and individually, and as it's important to do that for ourselves, it's also incredibly important to do that as a church. And the principle that we find here of these two foundations that Jesus mentioned, it's entirely applicable to the church. So that's really where I want to focus today. I want to focus on the foundation of the church. Is our foundation here at this church... Is it built on sand or on the stone? That's what we need to ask ourselves. And we need, to, we need to continually ask that. We need to evaluate what is our foundation on? What is it being built on? And there's three key questions that we need to ask. Three key questions to ask as we evaluate this. What? What? Who? Who? And how? How? What? Who? And how? And, and this is what I mean by that. The first question, what? We need to ask ourselves, what are we building on? As a church, what are we building on? And it's true for individuals as well. We can ask the same thing. What are we attaching our faith to? What is our hope built on? What are we tying our, our whole identity to? 
And the same is true for a church. What are we building on? What is it that we find is important? What is it that we're looking toward? What is our goal? What is our aim? What is our purpose as a church? What are we building on? And the second question with that is, who are we building for? Who are we building for? Anybody that's contracted to do a building project of any kind, a house, a business, it doesn't matter. The the question that they have to ask themselves is, who are we building this for? Who is it that this project is for? And and what exactly are they expecting is going to happen here? What do they want this building to be like? What is their design? What have they commissioned us to do? And if the builder doesn't build according to the specifications of the one that has commissioned them to do it, then they're not going to be happy. They're not going to be satisfied. The people doing the project have to keep asking, how does this person want this to be done? And they have to keep evaluating that. And everything they do gets run by the person that's actually paying for the project, right? We have to ask ourselves the same thing. Who is it that we are building for? Are we building for our Savior, the head of the church, Jesus Christ? Are we building according to his design, his desires, his standards, his requirements? Or are we building for ourselves? Are we trying to just build up our kingdom, our version of what we think the church should be? Are we doing it our way or his way? So we have to ask ourselves, who is it that we're building for? And we need to be reminded that as the church, we aren't called to build for our own kingdom, for our own agenda, for our own little empire. We're called to build his church, his way, because he's the head. And he's called us to build according to his desires, his plan, and for his glory. We've got to remember that. And the last question to ask ourselves continually, not just once and then it's over, but regularly to ask is, how are we building it? Are we building it according to what he has clearly laid out here? As Leon reminds us each graduation, as he refers to this with his residence, the owner's manual. The owner's manual. Are we building his kingdom, not ours, according to what he has set out as is necessary to establish the kingdom, the church here on earth? So what are we building? What are we actually doing? What are we building on? What is our foundation? Is it Christ? Is it his word? Or is it something else? Is it our, our desire? Is it culture? Is it something other than Christ? And if it is, we've got to reject it. We've got to stop. And we've got to immediately turn and go to the only foundation that is secure, the only foundation that matters, which is Jesus. Who are we building for? Him or ourselves or someone else? And how are we actually going about the building? How are we doing it? These are very, very important, crucial questions to ask. And as it relates to the church, we've got to remember what Jesus himself said about the church, what he promised, and what he wants us to remember. In Matthew chapter 16, verse 18, the second part of that, Jesus says this. It's an amazing statement, and we need to keep coming back to this over and over because we forget, we get distracted We forget who it is that's the builder of the church. Matthew 16, verse 18, the last part says this, Jesus saying, I will build my church. I will build my church. And the gates of Hades will not overpower it. 
Church, we need to remember that Jesus Christ is not just the head of the church, he is the builder of it. He is the builder of his church. And he builds it based on the truth and the power of who and what he is. He's Almighty God. He's the eternal word, the eternal son of God. He's the incarnate one. He is Emmanuel. That's who he is. And what he is, he is the only Messiah. He's the only Savior. There's no other Savior. There's no other name given among men under heaven whereby we must be saved. He's it. He's it. So Jesus builds his church not on what we think should happen, not what we think is the best approach, not on this method or that method or this strategy as opposed to that strategy. It's not built on the changing of culture. It's not based on anything other than who and what he is, the truth and the power of who and what he is. That's what he builds his church on. Because in the verses previous to this, he's in Caesarea Philippi, And he looks around to his disciples and he says, you know what? I'm curious about something. Who do people say I am? Who are people saying that that I really am? And they gave some different answers. They said, some say that you're Elijah, come back. Some say you're just another prophet from that era. And he said, okay, what do you think? Who do you say I am? You've been with me. You know me. You've heard from me. You've seen me do these miracles now. Who do you say I am? And no one said anything. And then Peter, of course, Peter, got to love him, he speaks up. And this time he was right. It wasn't insert foot. It was he got it, he got it right. It was a good thing that he spoke up. And he said, you're the Christ. You're the son of the living God. He was saying there what, what I just referenced. He said, you are the Messiah. You're the Savior. You're the one promised. You're the one prophesied. You're the only one come from heaven to us to save us all. And you're also Almighty God. You're the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus looked at him and he said, Peter, (laughs) Peter, how blessed you are. Because what you just said, that truth, was not just something you came up with. It was revealed to you supernaturally by my Father in heaven. And Peter, on that truth, on the rock of that truth and that statement, who I am, what I am, I'm going to build my church. And because I'm building it, because it's not you that's building it or anyone else to come, because I'm the builder, Peter, and to all of us, because I'm the builder, not even hell will prevail against it. It was true then, it's true now, and it will always be true. Church, there is nothing, nothing that will undo Christ's church, not even us when we mess it up or try to mess it up. That's a glorious thought. It's a powerful thought. Here's another passage of Scripture. You don't have to turn if you don't want to, but feel free to. Psalm 127.1 says this, Unless the Lord builds a house, unless the Lord builds a house, its builders labor over it in vain. Unless the Lord watches over a city, the watchman stays alert in vain. So no matter how good the builders might be, no matter how right their hearts might be and their desires, no matter how much they're in line with the plan and the program and the agenda, if the Lord is not in the work, if he's not the one that they depend on to actually build the house, then all they do is just in vain. We need to remember that. We need to remember that. It is not up to us to build the Lord's house. 
It's up to us to participate and to be used of him and to cooperate with all that he wants to do. And he uses us as builders, sure. What a privilege that is, by the way, right? That that he would use us in any fashion or capacity to build his house. I mean, amazing. But we have to remember, we're builders as part of a crew working under the master builder. Jesus Christ is the builder of his church. And if we forget that, if we lose sight of that, and if we look to other means or methods or other people to be the builders, then all of our best effort will just be empty. It'll be vain. It'll be vain. I want to show you something to prove this point about the fact that no other foundation is going to work to build anything that lasts, anything that, that survives it's only going to be Jesus Christ, and it's only going to be the way he wants it to be done if, it's going to, if we have any hope of it working. So my, my wonderful assistant here, Levi, everybody you know, wave, wave out to the crowd there. All right, good. Um, Levi here is going to attempt to build a, a Jenga structure. What do you want to call it? Uh, Jenga skyscraper, Jenga yeah, castle, so skyscraper. skyscraper. He is going to attempt to build this on a pillow. I think he's got it rigged. I don't have it rigged. There are no strings. There are no strings. Think he can do it? What do you guys think? Think he can do it? I don't know. They're, they're doubting you. Some people just really couldn't care less. They're, they're thinking about Outback and Logan's and things like that. It really is messed up. But, um, Levi, I have confidence in you. I think you can do this. So let's just see what happens. And, and, and remember, there's no pressure, but this is, you're proving the point of everything we've looked at up to this point, all right? All right, go ahead. Give it your best shot. Okay, let's do this. This is my thing. Okay. I'm good. I'm not. (laughs) Let's see. It's No, okay. All right. It's okay. I promise. Okay, he's doing some, he's doing good. Oh, oh. I'm going to hold my breath. Oh, oh. All right, give it another try. I I still believe in you, man. Here, tell you what, I'll even go lower. It is, isn't it? Oh, right. one more time. Third time's a charm. Here, let's just smooth it all out. No, nope, I don't. Smooth it all out. All right, see, I've even given you a good foundation. Foundation. We were just talking about that, remember? Foundation. Okay, keep going. Oh, progress. Oh, that wasn't me. All right, so you get the point. You get the point. There is no way that a Jenga skyscraper is going to, to uh, make it on a pillow, right? That's just not going to happen. No matter how skilled Levi is, and I mean, he's a pretty skilled guy. We have to acknowledge that. But it, it takes something much more solid than that, right, for it to last, for there to be any hope of anything happening there. See, Levi? See? I did set you up. But I think we all see the point there. And... And the point is, it's not about your skill. It's not about your desire. I mean, Levi was really wanting that to work on that pillow. I mean, he was just, oh, he was in it. I mean, he was sweating. Not really. Um, But he wanted it to work. He wanted it to work. But no matter how much he desired it to work, the problem wasn't really him or his ability. It was the foundation he was building on. And that's the same that's true for us, and it always will be true. If our foundation is not Jesus Christ, 
It's just not going to work, no matter what we try to do. And we have to also do it his way. We have to do it his way. I mean, Jenga, it, it doesn't ever say, try to do this on a pillow. You know, the instructions on the box, it says, put this on a flat surface, a solid surface. That's how you have to do it to build up. And if we were really going to play Jenga, that's what we would do. Um, we've got to remember that, church, that it's not about trying to decide what is the best method and means to build the church. How do we make the church more relevant and more accessible? And and what do we do to make it easier for people to come in and, and be a part of it? It's just not necessary, and it's not helpful. Because Jesus Christ has already established everything that is needed for his church to succeed. And for his church to be what everyone needs in every generation. He doesn't need us to make it better. Every attempt we do to do that is just going to really make it fall. Make it fall. Not that he'll actually let it come down completely. He's not going to do that because it's not up to us. But you see what I'm saying. We've got to remember these things. We also have to remember how easy it is to be self-deceived. And self-deluded into thinking that we're, we're really okay and, and we're doing everything that we need to. And look at this great church that we're, we're building. But again, if it's not according to his design, if it's not how he wants it to be built, and if we're not building it for him and we start to build it for us, then we're in trouble. We're in trouble. And it's easy to be deceived into thinking that we're great and that all that we're doing is great. And look at this wonderful thing that we've got but Jesus is looking at it maybe and he's saying, wow, that's a nice structure. It's a nice building, but it's not my building. It's not my house. It's not my church. He says in Revelation chapter 3 some pretty incredible searing remarks to a church there. In Revelation, we have seven churches that got letters from Jesus himself through the Apostle John. Imagine that. Imagine me getting up here one day and just reading a letter that, that I say, you know, you'll never believe who I got this from. It's from Jesus. I mean, we would all be like, what? I mean, if it really were, I mean, really were from him. I mean, I don't think there'd be people thinking about Logan's or Outback. I, I certainly hope not. Um, well, that's what happened. Jesus said, John, I want you to write down a letter I'm going to actually have you do seven of them. I'm going to have you send these to seven specific churches. I have some things I want to say to them. And this particular church, the Laodicean church, wow, wow. Uh, I'm going to pick up in verses 17 through 19. But before that, Jesus said, you are neither hot nor cold. I wish you were one or the other, but because you're just lukewarm, you're somewhere in that nasty middle there, I'm going to spit you out of my mouth. And in the literal, it actually means you're making me sick and I'm going to vomit you out. Wow. <laughs> Weren't they glad they came to church that day? Probably not. No. Then he says this in verses 17 through 19. This is self-delusion. This is them being deceived and Jesus calling them on it and warning them about it. For you say, I'm rich. I have become wealthy and need nothing. 
That's what they were saying about themselves in their hearts. That's the attitude they had. That's the perception they had of themselves as the church. Man, look at all we've done. Look at all we've achieved. Look at how big we've gotten. Look at how much we've grown. Look at all we're doing. You know, in, in modern day, I mean, we can certainly relate to examples of that, right? Look, look, at, look at this and this and this and all we're offering and all we have and all these different programs and things that we have. Not that there's anything wrong in and of itself with programs and activities. There's not in and of themselves. But if that's the focus, that's the wrong focus. If it's all about how big we can get and how much we can offer and how famous we are and how well-known we are and how liked and popular we are with the world, something's wrong. We've gotten off focus. Because Jesus did not build or commission or make his church. He did not sacrifice for his church with his own blood so that the world would like us. And so that we'd be popular with them and be an easier pill to swallow. It's not why Jesus made his church and went to such lengths to do it. He brought about his church so that we could be a light in a dark world. So that we could be salt to preserve a decaying, dying world. He brought about the church so that we could be ambassadors of the truth, the gospel. So that we could be what he uses to bring people to himself. That's why there's a church. We need to remember that. So they said, I've become wealthy. I need nothing. But he says this. You don't realize that you are wretched, pitiful, poor, blind, and naked. He says, I I see the truth. I see beyond the surface. I see what's really going on. I see the condition that you really have and I want you to know about. You need to listen to me. You need to be warned. Here's the reality. Here's the reality check that you need. And he goes on. I advise you to buy from me. To buy from me. Stop depending on other means of provision. Stop looking to other sources. To be what you need. All those other things are faulty foundations. Your foundation has shifted, church, is what he's saying. And you're in trouble. You need to come back to me. Build on me. Build for me. And build the way I want you to build. That's what he's saying. Buy from me gold refined in the fire. That's purity. Strength. So that you may be rich, truly rich. White clothes, that's again, purity. So that you may be dressed and your shameful nakedness not be exposed. An ointment to spread on your eyes so that you may see, really see, really perceive. Really see through my eyes. Have my vision for the church, not yours, not some humanistic version of it. And he says this. As many as I love, I rebuke. And discipline. As many as I love. It's just like we tell our kids, parents, if I didn't love you, we wouldn't be having this conversation. If I didn't love you, we wouldn't be talking about discipline. I would just let you do whatever you want. I wouldn't care, right? How many times have we said that? That's what Jesus is saying to the church he loves. And here's the result that he's calling for. So be zealous and repent. Repent. Turn away from the direction you're headed. Turn away from all that you're pursuing that's not of me and turn back to me. Abandon that faulty foundation and start again to build on me. 
the only sure and secure foundation. Build on me, build for me, and build the way I want you to build. That's what he's calling for. And that's what he's calling all of us to as well. Oh, church, we've got to remember. Got to remember. In our own lives individually, as we go about our lives in day-to-day life, that there's only one foundation that's going to last. There's only one foundation that we can build our lives on and, and know it's the life we're meant to have and that it's going to be a life that is worth something and impactful. A life of meaning and purpose. It's on Jesus. That's the only one. It's not in anyone or anything else. We need to remember that individually. But as a church, as a collective body, we have to remember what we're called to do. And that is to build Christ's church together. To build on Him as the only foundation. To build for Him and to build His way. Which He's communicated very clearly what he desires. It's, it's all here. And through the direction of the Holy Spirit, then we'll, we'll be able to build the right thing the right way. Okay, we need to remember that. We already sang this, but I, I want to mention this one part of the song that we sang earlier this morning, My Hope is Built on Nothing Less. What a great, rich song that is. Written by a guy named Edward Mote, 1834. And it's just as just as significant and true today, and maybe even more so, if you really look at uh, some of the trends that are, are very common in the church. It says this, My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly lean on Jesus' name. On Christ the solid rock, I stand all other ground is sinking sand. All other ground is sinking sand. That needs to be the cry of our hearts. That needs to be the motto and the banner over which, uh, under which we operate as a church. That needs to be what we always come back to, individually and together, corporately. That our hope is built on nothing less and nothing else than Jesus' blood. His righteousness, His truth, His power, who and what He is. That needs to be our driving force. And that we don't rest or depend on anything else, no matter how good it may look or sound or seem. That we recognize, that we remember, and that we proclaim all other ground, no matter how solid it may seem, all other ground outside of Jesus Himself is truly sinking sand. 1 Corinthians 3.11 says this, For no one can lay any other foundation than what has been laid down. That foundation is Jesus Christ. And any other foundation we try to lay down or build on, it will not last. We may get a little bit ahead. We may see some progress. But just like Levi showed us as the, 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 with the pillow and the jingas, at some point it's all going to crumble. It's all going to come crashing down. It's all going to be like a house of cards. Pretty neat to look at, but has no substance or structure to it whatsoever. And the slightest little breeze sends it crashing. That's how every other foundation other than Jesus Christ is. And any other, any building that's built on any foundation other than him, that's what's going to happen. It'll just come crashing down. Because he's the only one. He's the only one that's secure. 
He's the only one that's going to last, and he's the only one that's going to make everything that we build be what it needs to be. Do you believe that? I hope you do. I hope you do. We need to keep believing that. We need to keep reminding one another of that. We need to keep pressing forward with that reality. Would you pray with me? And before I lead us in prayer as we wrap up today, I just I need to ask this question. It's very important that I do. Is there anyone here that has heard what we've talked about today and you've, you've heard the Word of God and, and you've, you've done that, you've been part of our service today and you've listened and you've heard all this knowing, knowing that your foundation, that your life is built on or being built on, is not Jesus Christ himself. You're here and you know he's not what you're depending on. He's not what you're focused on. He's not what you're tying your life and your identity and your hope and your faith to. You're looking to all these other sources and every time it ends up the same way. That all that you're building comes crashing down around you. I mean, you've tried and tried time and time again to get ahead and to build up your life. To have it be what it needs to be. What you want it to be. And it just doesn't happen. If that's you, if I described you and you know all that to be true, the answer is very simple. It's because you're not building on Jesus Christ. He's not your foundation. You're not in Him. He's not your Lord and Savior. But the good news is, all of that can change right now. Right now. There's not some big, long process you have to go through. There's, it's not this huge hoop you have to jump through. It's simply agreeing with God on the condition of your life, of your heart, agreeing with Him that you are a sinner in rebellion against Him. You're outside of Him, His plan and His will for your life. And that apart from Jesus Christ... Your life here will never be what it's meant to be for him. You'll never be the reflection of his light and glory that you're meant to be. And if you die in that state, then you will spend an eternity. You will live forever. We all live forever somewhere. But you're going to live not in the glory and paradise and peace of heaven, but rather in the torment and judgment of endless hell. That's just the way it is. That's the state of all humanity. That's real life. The good news, though, is if you agree with God on all of that and you say, yes, that's right, I am a sinner, I am in rebellion against you, I have no hope in myself, I can't get this right, I can't build my life, it just keeps coming crashing down, but I believe that you made a way for me, God. I believe that you sent your very Son, Jesus Christ, to come to this earth, to live the perfect life I never could live, to extend to me his perfection, his righteousness, and to give me eternal life. And I believe he did that by going to the cross and dying a death that I should have died, that he took my place on the cross, that he took all of my sin on himself, that he took all of your judgment on that sin that should have come to me, that it came to your son for me. I believe that. And I want to surrender my life to him today. Jesus, I give you my life. Be my Savior. Be my Lord. I want you to be the foundation that I build on from, from now 
until eternity. If you say some form of that, if you, if you believe that, it doesn't really matter the wording as much as it matters on where your heart is there. And the Bible says if you believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is Lord and you confess with your mouth, you will be saved. I hope that that's true for someone here today. And if it is, if you have said that now or at some point, even while you've been here throughout the service today, I would love just to pray for you. I'm not going to call you up here and embarrass you. I just want to pray for you and make myself available to talk with you one-on-one. Is there anyone who would say, yeah, that's me? Just let me know by slipping up your hand, please, that, that you made that commitment today. Thank you. Amen. Praise God. Anyone else? Say, yeah, that's, that's what I need and that's what I want to do and I'm making that commitment today. Anyone else? Anyone at all? Okay. Then let me ask you this, believer. You're already in Christ. You've already come to him, the chief cornerstone, as he's called in Scripture. You've already allowed him to be your Savior and your Lord. You've surrendered to him. You've obeyed the call to repent. Your life is being built on the right foundation. But maybe, maybe, just maybe, you've allowed something, someone, a set of circumstances to come into your life, your mind, your heart. You've gotten distracted. And you've been looking at other means and other sources as the foundation that you're building your life on. And you're stuck. You realized, oh, this isn't going anywhere. Another church there in Revelation, the church of Ephesus, Jesus said, you've done a lot of things well, and I know you're in me, but I have this against you. You've forgotten your first love. And you've allowed yourself to love other things beyond me, before me. You've placed things in front of me. And you're off focus. You're off track. Your foundation has shifted. The good news is a shifting foundation can be repaired and be realigned. If it's not completely crumbling, you have the chance to repair it. And Jesus offers to do that anytime. We just stop and we turn to him again. So maybe you're here today and you're a Christian, but your foundation is a little shaky. Maybe it's shifted a little bit. Maybe it's eroding some. Maybe there's some cracks in it. And you need God to just realign you to himself today and to remind you of all that he is and that he is the only source for your life that's going to last. Is there anyone who would say, pray for me in this way? I need prayer along those lines. Anyone that would be honest enough to admit that? Thank you, sir. Thank you. Appreciate your honesty. Thank you. Anyone else? Thank you. I'd love to pray for whoever needs prayer in these ways. Anyone at all? Okay. Let's pray together. Thank you. Father, I come to you in the name of your son, Jesus, and I ask, first of all, for this one that said, Yeah, I I have not been depending on Jesus Christ at all because I've never given my life to him. I've not committed my life to him. He's not been my savior up to this point, but I am making that commitment today. I want him to be my savior, my Lord. I want to build my life on the foundation of Christ from this point on. I pray for that one who did that. Thank you so much, God, for the work of your spirit in their heart, their mind, and their life. Please, by your spirit, grow them from this point on. Help us to to rally around this person and to be the source of encouragement and comfort to help disciple them. 
And I pray that you would guard their heart and their mind and that you would truly build them up into the person, the ambassador that you want them to be. Father, for all of my fellow brothers and sisters who did acknowledge that in one way or another they have allowed their foundation to shift a little. They, they've been looking to other sources of provision and of stability, but they found what we all will find, that, that nothing else keeps us stable other than Jesus Christ. He's it. He's the only foundation that's sure. Please, Father, remind them of their first love. Remind them today of the foundation that is Christ that they are still a part of and that they need your Holy Spirit to just align them again with. Please do that work. Whatever that work looks like, whatever is needed in their heart, their mind, their life, do that this day, I pray. We thank you for who and what you are, God. We thank you for giving us your Son to be our Savior, to be our Lord, to be our foundation. We thank you for your Spirit and his guidance. May we as a church always, always build exclusively on Jesus, exclusively for Jesus, and exclusively in the ways and the manner which he has clearly laid down for us to follow. We pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen.